Hi, friends. It's Randy and Jess, and we're going to cut the bullshit. And let's get into women's mental health. Welcome to the podcast, Unapologetically All Over the Place with Randy and Jess, where we talk about women's mental health issues and how it's all normal. Visit us at randyandjesspodcast.com for more information. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the newish word kenkeeping. This will be a three-parter under the self-care series for our 2023. Not only are we going to define kinkeeping for you, but we're going to help you recognize it in your own life and relationships. And I actually wrote an article about it too with a more in-depth definitions on our website. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're going to tell you why you're so damn tired and overwhelmed all the time. And keep listening because we're going to also tell you how to get the changes you need done. Yes. And we're so tired all the time. All the time. <laughs> so have you guys ever thought... Why am I so tired all the time? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have no downtime? Why can't somebody else do the chores, shopping, carpooling, nursing, nighttime feedings, blah, blah, blah? Why do I feel like I'm doing all the parenting alone? Okay. So why do I feel so alone? Yeah. Well, that does. It makes you feel alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't do it, who will? Oh, that's a big one. Or the other one I hear all the time, why do I have to plan dinner? Oh my gosh. Thinking about dinner is like such a hassle. It's anxiety provoking yes, for most people. Yes, it is. And it's it's all bullshit. Bullshit. Big time bullshit. Okay. So what is kinkeeping? So it was originally defined by sociologist Carolyn Rosenthal in 1985. She wrote an article called Kinkeeping in the Familian Division of Labor, blah, blah, blah. And what it is about really is about the invisible work women do that we don't get credit for, like physical labor we do for the household, emotional labor we do on top of everything else and how we do it for free and how we just take on this role as uh, mothers and women and we pass it down from generation to generation. And what year is it? Yeah, right. We're still doing this shit from 1985 is when she wrote this, right? Yes. So when you look up kinkeeping, it typically will pull up things like, you know, like if I call my mom, she'll update me on like what all of the cousins are doing. Right. The whole family the system, whole family right? system. She's mm-hmm. the one that kind of like, like I talk about like the matriarch or there's a patriarch in your family. Mm-hmm. And when one dies, typically the next one comes in. Right. That's what we used to think of it as, Right. But recently, it is more so about within our own families, right? And again, the division of labor, how much we're doing, and how this kin keeping is like we're, we're keeping our households together. Right. And so, yeah, like you're keeping on top of everybody's birthdays, everybody's chores, everybody's to-do list, but not just you, like your whole nuclear family and extended family too. Mm-hmm. Like on top of that, you're supposed to know like when it's your niece's birthday or when your nephew is graduating boot camp or whatever it or is. Or sending your mother-in-law flowers when it's not your mother-in-law or not right. your mom, right? Yeah, right. So it's like there's all this like this uh, unlimited, it feels like, amount of tasks that we as one person are supposed to stay on top of for not only our own family, but like our extended family. And this is like generational. And so we're talking about this topic too, because it, it recently exploded on TikTok when a young TikToker, Thought Dumpy, I think it's her name. Yeah. She had learned about it in her women's studies class. She has over, last I checked, she had over 7 million views yeah. on that TikTok, right? She was explaining it to her mother, right? Like about like, this is why you're so tired. This is why 
you're so exhausted. Why do we as women take on this role and kind of like unknowingly in a way just keep passing it down to our daughters that this is what we're supposed to be doing. And it's like we're holding on to these stereotypical gender roles of women being caretakers and the information holders and exchangers. Right. And she did a really good job of explaining it, which is why I think it also got so many different or so many views and likes. Right. I don't know if you remember, but she she went through and she explained it like if you're going to see a play. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, you're clapping for, you know, the, those on stage, the, those on stage, right? the main characters, the main, the actors. But really, who got them there? Right. right. Like who, all the stage hands, all the lighting people, right. all the, the set designers, the, set designers, the, costume, the costume designers, the director, the musicians. Right. All of that that goes into the play. Right. That we don't see. And it's right. the same thing. You see the end our, result within our homes. Yeah. Right. Like you, you take care of what. Teacher Appreciation Day. Mm, or Dress Up Day for school. Crazy like, Hair Day. Jeez, Do you know how Louise. long that stuff takes? I mean, like, I saw a girl at Costco yesterday. Oh, my gosh. She was so cute. Must have had Crazy Hair Day because she had all of these this crazy hair going on, right? But I was like, that probably took that mom forever. Well, and then your partner comes to you like, why are you so tired? Or like, why don't you want to have sex? Or like, why don't oh, you? Yeah. And it's like... Because I have this endless to-do list in my head that I feel not only emotionally responsible for, but responsible towards our family. And a lot of this stuff also takes a physical toll on you. So, like, what is the problem with kin keeping when it comes down to it? It's creating burnout for us, Mm -hmm. right? It's affecting our mental health. It's affecting our physical health. It's affecting, you know, our friendships and our family. So, I want to go through burnout. I know we talked about it on episode 19. Yes. Um, but I want to go through and just talk about signs of burnout. So that okay. way we can kind of go. Just a little you, recap. Yeah. yeah. Are you burnt out? Right. There's physical, emotional and behavioral burnout. Mm-hmm. Right. With the physical, it's changes in your appetite. You're eating more. You're eating less. You're tired. Right. You're tired physically, mentally, fatigued mm-hmm. all over, muscle aches. Yeah. Body aches. Mm-hmm. You could also have issues sleeping where you're not sleeping. Right. And so it's, or you want to sleep too much because uh, yeah. you're just so overwhelmed, you're shutting down. Right. Um, the emotional piece, right? There's that self doubt, that imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, we did that. Uh, FOMO versus um, Jomo. Jomo, right? Yeah. The joy t- of missing out versus the fear of missing out. Right. Yeah. We talked about that. Um, but there's also like feeling lonely, mm-hmm. doubting yourself. Am I doing enough? Am I a good mom? Do you know, sidebar here, how many moms worry about being good moms? Yeah. And I tell my friends, the fact that you are worried about being a good mom means you're a good mom. But like we take this on, this load, this invisible load, this emotional load. And we're, I feel like, like we as women are just like stacking it. You know, like this is what I picture is like, you know, like the women, uh, you know, when they c- would carry like the big water jugs on yes. their heads, like, mm-hmm. you know, they would walk miles and miles and miles, you know, to get water for their family and carry this and strap the baby on their shoulders. And so it was like, you see like this picture of this physical burden, but I feel like now, like as a society, we have moved towards like, we're stacking those things, like these impossible hats on top of our heads, mm-hmm. you know, carrying more and more on our shoulders and our bodies and it not, you know, and it's emotionally weighing us down 
And, you know, then it can, like you said, create like also these physical effects. Right. Oh, and then there's the behavioral piece too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of moms, we start to isolate. We get overwhelmed yes. and we just stop stop going out because right. the thought of having to actually take our hair out of a bun right. is just or too much. Or play on one more thing or try to, you know, make, up. make calendars work with friends and stuff. We get it. We're both super crazy, busy working moms with special needs kids. And it can be a lot, but if you don't have that too, it's hard to like refill your cup. And we talk about that too in our caregiving episode, which is episode three about you can't fill from an empty cup. And so you need to find ways to refill yourself. But like with this and kin keeping, it seems almost just like one more task could just like push us over the edge. Mm-hmm. And let's dive into that and what it looks like a little bit too, like the unpaid work. They often say even stay-at-home moms should be paid... Like 200 grand a year. Yeah, something like some crazy amount for like the unpaid work they actually do. I know that was a struggle too when I was like a young mom being like, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. There's no like you're just... Just? Like I I would 100% now like rather work than stay home because it was so much more work. (laughs) I was a stay at home mom for nine years and it was so much work. Like I loved it. But it's like at this point in my life, I was like, I don't think I could do it. It was, it, it is very overwhelming, you know, and it's just, it's this idea that we carry in our head that we need to do a certain amount of labor for our family. And that equals love. And I'm not, it's, why? Well, and I think it's this expectation that we need to do this, right? Like, you know, I have a lot of working moms who, you know, they're like, well, I'm not working moms, stay home moms. And they're like, well, you know, I'm a stay home mom. So, you know, I have to do his laundry. Mm-hmm. Really? I did that too. I felt like I needed to do his laundry. I needed to do all the cooking. I needed to do all the cleaning. Mm-hmm. I was also taking care of my daughter. I ended up taking care of my sister's baby, my sister-in-law's baby while she went to work. And then I was also taking care of my best friend's baby while she went to work because I was just staying home. Right. And then I was taking care of my mother who was dying and I was in school. Like the sheer thought of this, when I say it out loud. I'm making faces at her like, what the actual, like she looks like like, she wants to like puke. Like what the fuck? (laughs) You're doing so much stuff right there. You weren't a stay-at-home mom. You were a student. Right. You were a caregiver for somebody who was dying. I mean, you had just like 20 different roles right right there. And it's like to think that I just thought it was like my duty. And I was like. (laughs) Duty. She said duty. Yeah, duty. But um. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Seven-year-old body humor coming through. I thought my son was at school, but apparently he's just, you know, he's here here in Jess's body today. But um, that we take on these rules and I thought, I'm not working. So when I was essentially doing, like you said, the role of like 10 different people. I think back to like like the 1800s when they had like full staves and like yeah you know, that's what like I compare it to they had a cook they, they had, had a, a maid they had a nanny they had their whole family living in like a man like yes they had bigger houses you know maybe like if they were wealthier like living in you know but it was like generations like living together they had a whole team literally like a stable of people to help them or they were on a farm with like 14 different kids right and that could they, help that and could aid help and and do all of that right, right? so at different ends. 
you know, and, and I always tell Randy that we need a village. You have to have a village nowadays because we don't have the family support that we used to. Well, we all move so often, yes. which is something we should talk about like on a different episode too. But, you know, we move often, you know, or we have learned boundaries and like set them with toxic family members and stuff. Mm-hmm. We might not, I know a lot of people still give in to families because they don't, they need the support. So they put up with the toxic stuff too mm-hmm. to get that, you know, support. It's, yeah. So it's hard because we do, we move, so we don't have the family system. We're seen as like we should be like this independent you know, do it all. Ah, it's not worth seeing. I think most women put it on themselves that they don't want to ask for help. We are not taught to ask for help. Well, that's the thing. We're not taught to ask for help. Do you teach your daughter to ask for help or is she as independent as you are? Hmm. She's independent like I am because she's seen me be like, I'm not going to wait for anybody. I'm just going to get it done. If we ask, like we, we have to wait and then it can get frustrating you know, and that's hard, you know, and I, you know, I just had surgery this last week and it was really hard for me to ask for help. And then I also got backlash from my family because they're used to me not asking for help. And they were acting like I was like being dramatic, not being dramatic, but inconveniencing them, I felt. And I was like, this uh, is why wait, I wait, don't. Wait, wait, did, did you, we're going to go therapy here. Did mm. you feel were they telling you that or were you taking it in as that? Because it depends. I was taking it in as I was inconveniencing them, which okay. is part of the problem. But right. I mean, the attitude I was getting back was kind of saying like I was. But then I was like, okay, everybody's stressed about the situation that I had to have emergency surgery. When yeah. I started to break it down and I then when I communicated to my husband too, like listen, you're being a dick. I need your help right now. And he was like, I realized he was really stressed out about like me being in the hospital, like Mm -hmm. worried, get triggered, you know, some, you know, other trauma. trauma. And then he was like, I'm super exhausted too. And I was like, don't tell me you're exhausted right now. But I was like, okay, all right. Now like talking it out, like he was tired. He doesn't do well with like lack of sleep. When I took in the bigger picture, I was like, okay. And when I was like, you're being a dick and you need to help me. And that's all I have to say right now. Then he was like, okay, too. You know, like, but I needed also to communicate my needs and I needed to talk to him about it. And then that helped because you're right. I was seeing it through a different lens. I was feeling like I was inconveniencing everybody well, with this rushed emergency surgery that okay, I had to so have. Okay, so right there, an emergency surgery is an inconvenience no matter what. Right. Right? I mean, that's part that of the- That wasn't going to change. It's not going to change, right? I remember she was like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to check myself out. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm going in for surgery. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool, right? <laughs> okay, and, friend. <laughs> and you may have been a little crankier than normal. Yeah. Right? And that's okay because you weren't expecting it. Nobody has time for emergency surgery. Right. I mean, it wasn't planned and and that's okay. You have to roll with it, right? Mm-hmm. But part of it going wrapping us back is that women do not ask for help and when right. we do, we wait typically until we are so fed up that it comes out as an explosion. <sighs> yeah. Yes, we blow we're up like, like a volcano. Why can't you do anything? Bad? And then it's molten hot lava over everything. And this kind of ties in back into kin keeping and the emotional labor that yes. we do. We are just feel like we're tasked with managing. So like that was the thing too. I felt like I was inconveniencing everybody and this was an emotional strain on everybody. And I, I'm i in the middle of having to have emergency surgery and I'm trying to make sure everybody else feels okay about it. And I was like... That is not your role. WTF. That, but like, you took that on. You you took it on, right? Right. And, and so 
you know, it was interesting. You had talked about how, you know, the women in your lives, the busiest ones in your lives stepped up and you had dinner being brought to you, you and your family, you know, by like, you know, somebody's mother-in-law, right? Yeah. It just makes me want to cry right now because we do too much as women. I am crying right now. Just because the women that did step up to help me this week, I was telling Jess, all my friends that came through this week were the most busiest. They're the ones that have they run businesses, they take care of other people, and they all paused and came and brought me dinner. And it always, I don't know why it surprises me that it's always the people that have the least amount of time that make time for you. But that's how you know those people are really like your village and your friends and stuff like that. And we're going to do a podcast on why you need a village, because this Mm -hmm. comes up all the time that we need a village. Yeah. For this exact reason, Randy, I right. mean, we need to have people around us who will take your kid if you go into right. emergency. Yeah, because Jess was like, if you need to, you know, drop off, you know, my son to her, like I could. And so I knew that, that I had that like in my back pocket, like if need be. And that, you know, my friends came and like dropped up dinner and stuff to me and my family to make sure like my family was fed this week and like just brought me flowers and, you know, things that would cheer me up. And, and chocolate. Yes. And chocolate that has gotten me through this week because I was also PMSing on top of having my gallbladder removed. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> Thank, thank you, Jesus, for all this today. But anyway, so how do we recognize kin keeping and how do we recognize this in ourselves and like our children and how do we identify it? So let's get into that. Okay. So when I talk with women about identifying it, the first thing is, you know, I, I want to talk about like, where do you have resentment? Right. Because anytime we have resentment or the, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. Oh, God, I wish I wouldn't have scheduled that. Why, why right. am I the one doing this? Anytime right. you have those thoughts, that resentment is either you didn't set a boundary, you're doing too much, you picked up something you shouldn't have because you're a fixer. Yes. Right. And you're like, or a people pleaser. Or a people pleaser. And so anytime you have that kind of resentment, I want you to, to kind of identify it. Right. Mm. And recognize. Was this yours to pick up? Did you pick it up? Because I'll tell you, if we're all sitting around a conference table, I know there's one of y'all who will easily pick up the shitty task and I can sit there and not say anything and doodle. Somebody will get really uncomfortable and pick it up. You're like the one, this is me, the one who did all the group work in class. Oh, totally. (laughs) The person who does. You didn't want to get, you didn't want to fail. So you just like did it all for everybody. Yeah, but this would also be a good thing to journal this out, Mm, to identify it, to work through it too. Like, where do you have resentment? Is your household labor divided equally? In this day and age, we still do not, I feel, as a society, share equally in household maintenance, chores, whatever you want to call it, doing groceries, things like that. And that can really start to weigh on people, you know, taking on a company and growing my company and stuff over the last three years, I have taken on so many more like additional responsibilities. My partner had to step the fuck up because I Mm -hmm. was like, it's not going to, you're not going to get fed. I just finally said, you're not going to get fed. This isn't going to get done. You need to learn how to, you know, get the groceries. Like you need to help me with the pickups and drop-offs. Or like if you're fortunate enough to like be able to find some paid help, but a lot of people are not able to afford that. So it's like you do have to either find a village, people you can carpool with, things like that, you know, or 
figure it out with your partner that you, it needs to be equal. And next week, we're going to expand on that because there are some ways that you can do it. Randy tends to wait until she is overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out as you need to fucking do this. Yes. That's, there, that's not the correct way. Okay? No, no, no. That's not an incorrect <laughs> way. But what it is is that you're missing all of the signs beforehand right. that you needed the help. And now you're frustrated and blowing up. Yeah. And so... And so I'm we created just, a calendar system for us, you mm-hmm. know, too, that's like, okay, you're picking up this time. You're doing this. You're doing this chores. You're responsible yeah, for this. But yeah, so we had to write it out in black and white. That's what worked for us. And so next week, next week we're going to go through that more okay. so because I want to really delve into how to do that because yeah. I really coach a lot of women on on doing this because their partners don't do that. And I do have some men, but I mostly work with women. So mm-hmm. I am not being sexist, but that's just yeah. where I typically I mean, when it breaks down to it, though, this is a very stereotypic, almost sexist role, kin keeping is. And so we did come up with some tips that you can give your partner, whether you're in a same sex, you Mm -hmm. know, or, you know, different sex, you know, relationship. But before we go there real quick, I want to go back to, I also want you to recognize it in your body Mm, because we, physically, yeah, yes, we as women, um, as humans, we hold all of this in our body. And it's really interesting to see kind of like where your pain is coming up. Right. And you can go into chakras and we can be hippy dippy and we can do all of that kind (laughs) of stuff. Me, I'm just like my neck, my back, you know. Oh, that (laughs) too, right? Yeah. But figure out, see what hurts Mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of pay attention to that because I want to discuss that as well because, you know, there's like a certain side of your shoulder hurts, it means this. If one side of your shoulder hurts, it means that. So pay attention to where you physically hurt. Okay. Because that right there is going to lead to some of the other stuff. Identifying some of the other emotional triggers that you're having. Yes, because our bodies hold it. Yeah. So, okay. I, there's a book about that that call, is called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, it's such a good book. It's a good book, but it, it's very heavy and you kind of convoluted. So we can we should do an episode on that too. So we can kind of like give you like the cliff notes version. But we carry our trauma and we carry our emotions in our body and we just don't realize it a lot. And it leads, you know, to other things. But that, that's a whole other spinoff. So, well, And we don't do enough self-care versus self-soothing, right? Mm -hmm. So self-care episode nine is a great one to listen to. Yeah. And we put some self-care checklists too on our website that mm -hmm. you guys can check out. So you can like be like, am I doing this? Does this work for me? You know, am I filling again? Am I filling up my cup? Am I taking care of myself? Because with kin keeping, you are taking care of all these extensions of yourself, like I'm I'm thinking of like a giant oak tree, right? And there's like all these extensions and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. But it's like, what about your root system? Like, what about your core? What about, mm, you're right, you know, you get a drought and then your roots right. come to the top and a wind and comes then it, what's and you happen? over, right? You fall. Or what if you keep getting brittle and brittle and then like a flame comes and then it's like turns into a giant inferno, mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, there's nothing left. And then you've really done nobody else any good if you're not taking care of yourself at the you core. Are burnt out and fallen down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tips for spouses. Uh, this came from one of our listeners who 
is a male. Thank you very much for listening to us. Yes, yay! And yay! I know, and wanted tips on how he could help his spouse. So we've added in a tips for spouses. Okay, yes. so go for it, Randy. So a great way to kind of bring this up with your spouse is to ask if they like the role and what they're doing in the family. Like this could open up, maybe you hate doing drop-offs or maybe you love doing grocery shopping and you guys are opposite and want to switch, you know? Yeah, for years, my husband thought I liked cooking. And I, and I <laughs> suck at cooking. I thought it was my role. You're, you're laughing. Your duty again. No, yeah, yeah, that was my duty. And I really am not good at it. I mean, there's so, now so many nights we've thrown it away. When I'm thinking of duty, now I'm thinking of poop. And yeah. I'm thinking that is. But it's like, poop. let's just put duty to poop. Like, it is, yeah. it is it's shitty. It's so, shitty. Okay, we don't have a duty to this. But no. yeah. But, and then when we switched and he started cooking... He is a good cook because guess right. what? He's not ADHD and can follow the recipes and doesn't forget and walk away. And He's not burning the water. He's not burning the water and melting the pan. So yeah, but like he was like, oh, I thought it was always you wanted to do it. Yeah, He made so, the assumption. And now, but then he's also found like a really love for cooking, right? Too. Oh my gosh. He's, and yeah. same thing when I told my husband, like I was burnt out cooking. I was like, I've cooked you dinner for the last 10 years. Now we've been together for like 18 years, but I was like, you're up, dude. So for like last eight years, he's learned to cook and found that he loves, you know, kind of cooking and making stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but also like j ask your spouse, are they doing enough? Like, do they really feel, are they contributing enough to well, the Well, you should household? ask your spouse, am well, I doing enough? Right. If you're going to be talking to your spouse, am I doing enough? Yes. And vice versa. Are you doing, do you feel like you're doing enough? And don't wait do, until like enough? the kids go to bed at eight o'clock at night and then you're burnt out and do it because right. she's, she doesn't want to have this conversation at 10 o'clock before bed. No, like make it something fun, like go out for a date night, do something relaxing. And then when you need to like talk about like heavier stuff, pair it with something that's like enjoyable too. So it doesn't feel like... I'm it's laughing. Like, Not necessarily alcohol either, because that doesn't no, always end. You don't well. want to uh, loose lips sink ships. You don't right? want to be like, hey, and like let it all fly out sometimes, depending on your partner, you know, like. <laughs> well, and identify areas that you might want to participate more into having an equal household, right? Well, and this is the key. You're not helping. That is so my soapbox, girl. You okay. are not helping. You're not just helping her. You're not babysitting your kids. Nope. You are an active participant in this family and this relationship. This is also, these are not duties. This is a relationship. This yes. is communication. This is not added help. It's not a bonus. This is part of a relationship, a marriage, communication, and- It's a partnership. A partnership this is and a being partnership. healthy. Yeah. So I just, you know, and in families, right, when we have kids- it isn't like a team sport and we're all lining up for football. This is a team sport like a relay race sometimes, right? Like there is a baton and we're passing it off. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to run and keep up your part to catch up with your partner. Yeah. Pass her the baton so she can do her part and vice versa. Right. And this makes me think too of all the like memes that happen around the holidays and stuff about like how dads uh. just wake up on Christmas and they have no idea what they got their kids. And it's just like, ha ha ha. And it's like, no. That's not ha ha ha. Let them actively participate. I feel a lot of times too, as women, I'm going to call myself out too. I'm there. I have banned my partner because I think I can do it better. And or because I don't want him to tell me to not spend money. Right. And I have not allowed him to participate fully. I've tried to micromanage or control the situation. And I have had to learn how to step back and let him 
do things his own way. Let him fall on his face, let him whatever with the kids, even if they're crying, even if they're screaming, or even if they're extremely happy and I think he's spoiling them. I have to step back just like he's had to learn to step back to let me find my place. He needs to find his place and I have blocked him in some way. So I've had to learn how, I've had to unlearn, okay, how to not block him from doing his own thing and participating in our relationship. Because I feel like a lot of times as women, we have also learned to, like, we're supposed to be the controllers of the situation like this, the kin keepers, the everything. It like sounds like so like, I'm an overload, over overload. I am overloaded. I'm the overlord of like our household. And it's like, no. But and here's the thing. If we they were doing that to us, we would call that gatekeeping and we would call that abuse. Right. And so we have to look at it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe look at what are we preventing them from doing because we are gatekeeping in some way, right. you know, by saying you can't do this with the kids. Well, if they told me that, I'd be like, watch me, watch me, and I'm going to do it even bigger now. Yeah. Right. And so we have to kind of look at how are we are engaging with our spouses. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back one more tip for the spouse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want you just to actually bring this up with your partner. Yeah. That is number one, is talk to them and bring it up and be like, hey, I heard this podcast and what do you think? Right. Like, ha, ha, ha. But bring it up. Yeah, break the ice with it. Yeah. And next week, we're going to continue talking about kinkeeping and dive into it a little bit better and why it is important to set your boundaries. All right. I'll catch you next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening and normalizing mental health with us. Don't forget to check out our free resources and favorites on our website, unapologeticallyrandyandjess.com. Like and share this episode and tune in next week.